Hi, everyone. This is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And I am here with the woman that has given the true meaning to Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> it's Megan Strand. Hey, Megan, how's it going? Wow, that was quite an intro. It's great. How are you, Joe? I'm doing well. Like, you know, big weekend for the Patriots. You know, Boston know. had a big weekend at the Golden Globes last night. Ben Seahawks. Black Boston guy. The Seahawks did went not down the do drain, well. right? No, yep. it was really pathetic. Really, really yeah. sad. I know, I know. And you know what's interesting, Megan, is we actually have another rival city here on the line. Still in the hunt for the Super Bowl. I know. Is the San Francisco 49ers. And that brings us to Alex Gold, Head of Development and Partnerships for Carrot Mom. Hey, Alex, how's it going? Great. How are you guys? Good. You would think we'd have a football show here, right? I know. <laughs> right? Now, see, here's the good news, though. Alex is a closet yeah. Boston fan because he's originally from even my town, Newton, Massachusetts. Right, Alex? Although That's you only right. lived here. What was it? Until you were like six years old or something? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then I, I, I went to Canada afterwards and then uh, right. I moved out here to California. I couldn't take the cold anymore. I couldn't I couldn't yep. do the Boston cold. So, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. But you are uh, with a company out there called Carrot Mob. And what I'm hoping, Alex, is you can begin and tell us a little bit about Carrot Mob and what you folks have been up to. Totally. Um, so thanks for having me on the show. Sure. It's uh, very much so an honor. Um, so what Carrot Mob is, is pretty much we engage consumers to co-create campaigns mm -hmm. for social and environmental goods uh, mm -hmm. with some of the largest companies in the world to even local businesses. Um, so how this works is we organize people to come together and spend money at a business. And in exchange, that business makes an improvement that consumers care about. And that could be a social improvement or an environmental improvement, most often to its operations. So mm -hmm. most carrot mobs in the past have been local businesses. It's been, you know, whether it's a hardware store or a convenience store or a restaurant that has made energy efficiency improvements. So they've changed their lighting, they've changed their heating, uh, HVAC system, uh, mm -hmm. or um, they can change social policies. So they can create a new volunteer program uh, in the community uh, that's aligned with what the company's mission is, or um, they can, uh, you know, address food poverty or food deserts in some way. Um, mm -hmm. We've had about 250 of these campaigns worldwide. Uh, since our founding uh, a little under five years ago mm -hmm. in over 20 countries, and we've spent over a million dollars. And this has been a completely organic movement. So mm -hmm. we've had uh, individual organizers from cities and towns come and say, hey, we want to start a carrot mob. And they've yep. used social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, to kind of get the word out. And it's principally in the past been like a flash mob. So, mm -hmm. you know, four, three, four hundred people have come to, you know, a single location like a restaurant or a hardware store and said, yeah, we're going to spend money and just buy your products. Right. Um, but, you know, now we're transitioning to an online model because think about it for a second. If you're a local restaurant, you can't take a crush of four, four hundred and fifty right. people. Yep. At once. That, would, that would be, be yeah, it's like a Groupon disaster. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we like exactly. But we unlike Groupon, like we, we pay full price. So but still, mm -hmm. like still, it's just it's it's it's. It's 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 awful. They wouldn't be able to take it. So imagine if we could take that concept of Groupon and Living Social and create like a voucher where people can purchase like a gift voucher, like same same as a full margin, you know, twenty five thirty dollar voucher to you know any yep. restaurant, mm -hmm. and then redeem it anytime they want. But run the campaign itself for you know two or three weeks. So we're transitioning to that because sm small businesses around the world have come to us and said we want to be carrot mob, but we can't, we can't do it. Um, and I think people really respond to the idea of, you know, 
in traditional protest or you know advocacy is more about you know boycotting products right. um, and often the results are so very mixed you know mm -hmm. the company may listen but you really have to achieve a mass to do that the whole idea is really the opposite you know why not boycott products to make a positive difference and boycott really I yeah. love that right. that's a good uh, that's right up there with mine uh, Megan philanthropy <laughs> 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 or Santa Claus. I, I like that. I like that, Alex. That's Santa a good Claus. Alex. So Santa let, let me ask you a question. I want to jump in here with a question. Please, so yes. but what they're doing, Megan, I'm talking. Okay. So <laughs> hold on. Okay. Alex is a Boston boy. Okay. It's two Boston boys talking to one another. Okay. But basically consumers are buying change. Yes. Um, really, it's really coming down to consumers putting their money and putting their skin in the game to actually mm -hmm. say, you want this to happen because mm -hmm. Businesses are legally obligated to maximize profit, right? Right. So right. how do you so but investments in sustainability and social good are often very beneficial for a company's bottom line in the long run. But the problem is that they can't afford to make those investments and sacrifice short-term profit. Um, so how do you get around that? And what we really do is we accelerate the speed of sustainable change. Um, we, give, we give companies the opportunity to say, yeah, we can afford to make this. and We can afford to do this change. Um, and giving them increased profits and increased sales at the same time. Companies love it because um, they're not competing on price. Which is, you know, which you may see a short-term infusion of new customer base and sales, um, but you know, th that's a consumer populace that isn't. You're not converting that based upon values, and you're, so you're not going to engender long-term loyalty. So, mm -hmm. businesses really love Caramel because they see long-term returns. They see people coming back. That was yeah. what I was going to ask. Is you have these great campaigns that are short. They're very tangible. You know, upgrade your cooler to something more energy efficient. So that was my question is, are, are these businesses seeing longer term loyalty, longer patronage past just, I'm going to come in and buy a hammer from your hardware store or a voucher or what have you? Not, not just that. It's actually in many cases changed the, sometimes the product mix of the entire business. So for instance, here in San Francisco at Candy Market, which is where our first Carrot Mom was held, um, they saw such long-term gains from it. They changed their product mix to be more organic, more sustainable, and they saw an entirely new consumer base out of it. And this is a, this is a common story uh, mm -hmm. because it really the identity that people feel engendered towards that business is something beyond just oh I'm going to pick up a you know a, a carton of milk or I'm going to pick up some deodorant or I'm going to pick up you know any consumer product they need. You know they feel that that business identifies with who they are um, mm -hmm. and believe in. And I think what's really interesting is that they feel that they actually had a personal stake in that business making a change. So it's not yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of interesting though, Alex and Megan. I think what I think what's really interesting about Caramob too is it's not so much of a target audience saying, we don't like the way you're doing this. It's more like a target audience saying, wouldn't you rather know what we want? You know, being specific about like and saying like, hey, you know, what we're really trying to do as customers is educate the business owner about what we would really want and buy as consumers. Exactly. And uh, so we really we really build on the idea of positivity. Mm. So you know, the tradi traditional advocacy is very, as I said earlier, very negative. You know, it's a boycott. It's a protest. It's something that, you know, again, the returns are very marginal. Um, yep. What we want to do 
is we want to completely flip and invert that model and say, what can we go to businesses and work with them for something that mm-hmm. is well and beneficial for them and will save them money in the long term? And mm-hmm. most importantly, align themselves with the values that people care about. So mm-hmm. right now, we're actually building out an ideas generation tool where people will be able to suggest campaign ideas. And we can then take those to businesses um, and say, we, yeah. we have thousands of people that want to say, like, you know, I don't want this business to care. Let's say it's a restaurant. I don't want this restaurant to carry plastic plates anymore. Um, And people will then come and spend money. And it's not something, and we can say, here's the infusion. How do we make that change evergreen after that? So it's it's beneficial for both sides. The other thing that's really, I think really attracts businesses is is the idea of co-creation. So Mm -hmm. tradition, like many cause campaigns or charity campaigns are very top down. Um, you know, we like the company decides and says, this is the charity we want to work with. And then it's, you know, let's say you walk into a restaurant, a dollar of every meal will be devoted to, you know, a local children's charity or the food bank. Mm -hmm. This is very bottom up. Mm -hmm. Um, it really engages people on a grassroots level and and, and small business and large companies like Unilever, for instance, who we work with really love the idea that, Hey, how can we go and explore what the community wants? And how can we tailor, you know, some of our actions that we already had planned towards doing that? Can you talk about what you're doing with Unilever? Because I I totally get how small businesses plug into this and it makes super great sense. And it's Mm -hmm. a very interesting model. What about Unilever? What are you doing with a huge, huge consumer brand like that? Oh, exactly. So the whole idea for us is like, you know, we, we can get 500 people to a grocery store and we can get them to ban plastic bags, right? Um, but what can we do if we had 500,000 or a million? Mm, you know, yep. what, how, how do we multiply and scale our power of change? Um, so and we, the long-term goal has always been for us to build up the community enough to be that we can actually, you know, go to a Unilever and say, or a Procter & Gamble and say, what can we do? Uh, together and Unilever actually came to us because they wanted to do a campaign. They one of their shopper marketing uh, reps saw heard about us in school and said this is an amazing idea. And we did a we did a pilot campaign uh, with them in Pasadena, California, in uh, October. Uh, we got around thirty million media impressions around it. It was wow. you know yeah it was very we had a feature story in the LA Times, LA Weekly. Um, you know, it was very, very, uh, we did, we did our, our partnership got in fast company. Um, so it was a very, very beneficial pilot. Um, it did really well. And now we're exploring new avenues of how do we like scale this within the company. So within brand, within Unilever, so Unilever is like 400 brands, um, you know, many here in the States that we've all heard of like Dove and Axe and Ben and Jerry's and Briars, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Ben and very socially conscious brand itself. So you know, so some of these brands, I think there's a lot of alignment between us. Mm-hmm. Way. Um, so now, so it's really an exploratory agreement. So mm-hmm. we don't, so the whole idea is that, you know, when we, when we put this together, we're going to act, the whole idea is we're going to engage both of our communities. So our stakeholders on our end and Unilever stakeholders on their end internally to say, what kind of a campaign can we put together? Cause this is a very right. different idea, right? Um, it requires mm-hmm. more engagement. You know, it's not a, a typical discounting program. And we both, we both didn't want to go all the way and say, yeah, um, you know, but we are, we're going to, we're putting, we're actually working on something really right now, which we're hopefully put together. That's actually quite gripping, um, mm-hmm. for us. So it, it provides, I think there's two benefits to this, which we've already realized, for instance, mm-hmm. for us, we, we have a lot of business, uh, a lot of experience working with small businesses. We have a, we have a grip on what small businesses want. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. they, um, this is where our origins are, but to scale to the needs of, you know, Unilever, which is the world's second advertiser, this mm-hmm. provides an opportunity to find out internally how do we run a campaign with some of the world's largest companies what are those needs what do we need to provide them you know what kind of right. metrics are they looking for 
for? What kind of you know collaboration level are they looking for? What kind of collaboration do we need to do between third third parties? Because Unilever is a great example because they're not you know necessarily a consumer facing brand. Their brands are people right. that know what Axe is, they know what um, you know they know what Ben and Jerry's is, but people don't. Unilever is. Right? What did what did you do in San Francisco or was it San Francisco? Yeah. What did you uh, do with them? What was the pilot? The pilot. So we we worked with Fresh and Easy. So we worked. The whole idea was to work with a third party retail partner. Right. Um, Fresh and Easy is a is a Tesco chain here in predominantly in the Southwest in California, and we said that for every incremental increase in people that would come to the store. Um, and purchase products, uh, we would then install zero ozone-depleting emission freezers, uh, which mm-hmm. was the first of its kind in the world. And the campaign worked out really well. Um, it, was, it was, again, saw a lot of press out of it. And, you know, now we're just moving forward and taking the lessons from it. Um, mm-hmm. And what was Unilever's involvement? I saw that campaign. Was it that they were giving out products as an additional incentive? I saw that they were giving away Ben & Jerry's. Or were they actually funding part of that campaign? They were funding the change, uh, the, ins- uh, the uh, with Fresh and Easy, they were funding this, the installation of the freezers. Okay. And uh, was it just come to the store and buy Unilever products, or was it come to the store and buy anything? No, come to the store, buy the select Unilever products. Okay, were, uh, okay, okay. I was not, that was the part I was missing. Thank you. So, you know, it, what I think is kind of interesting, though, Alex and Megan, is like, what's the challenge of identifying the right issue that people feel positive about? instituting change and actually buying their way to change as opposed to like an issue where people like, well, why do we need to tell you to do that? Why don't you just do it? You know, And I, I mean, you know, Alex, a lot of people say that about cause marketing campaigns, right? Like even like Facebook campaigns after disasters and stuff. Like I saw a couple brands like after the Japan earthquake, they got in a lot of trouble because they'd be like, hey, if we get 10,000 more friends by the end of the week, we're going to donate $10,000 to the American Red Cross in Japan. And it's kind of like, well, why are you holding that as a carrot over us? Why don't you just give it to them? Because they really need it, you know? I mean, do you ever run up against that with some of your campaigns? Well, it all comes down to emotion. And that is a big factor here. You know, we're not, we don't like to engage in campaigns that are controversial. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we we stay away from issues that we think are, you know, too politicized. Yeah, Uh, right. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that this is, if not for the action, so if consumer base from Carrot Mob does not take action X, company will not take action Y, mm-hmm. and that separates us from a you know um, you know a, a cause a, the tr- more traditional cause marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't partner with usually we don't say oh we're going to de- de- donate this money to a charity. Usually it's a structural change inside the company. Right. Mm-hmm company has to become you know more sustainable they have to cut their carbon emissions in half they have to it's more operational it's more operational and because of that people feel like it's the the barrier to entry to make to engage the company to make that change is that much higher so and what's good too alex is there's there's probably not as much sensitivity around it like i mean it's kind of interesting you highlighted the word emotional and stuff like that is what you're really focusing on are issues that are perhaps important to people but maybe not as emotional as some other issues exactly but they have to be something still that the people care about so one of the interesting such a fine line very fine line. And that's one of the interesting challenges that actually plays out very practically. So, for instance, when we work with a local campaign, it's very easy because we know that people in the community are going to see that change. They're going to see the new lighting. They're going to see the, the new the new cor- corporate volunteer program. They're going to see all of the change with somewhat immediacy. But yeah. for instance, 
if we, you know, care about, you know, a large company like Unilever and we do it with like a wind power, it's distant factories, for instance, or mm-hmm. they, it doesn't have that emotional resonance, doesn't have that immediacy or as much of that as you would with, you know, more local campaigns. So it's a fine line both for implementation as well. And we, we spend a lot of time working with brands and partners on this. This is one of the big things we work on because we want to make sure that the change or whatever, it doesn't disrupt their operations, ensures that they can actually still deliver their product. Like this is, we again, it comes back to that cooperation, um, yeah. and the, which is where we really build ourselves. Let me so, ask you this. I Sorry, Joe, I'm going to no, jump okay. into the quick question. So many of our listeners are nonprofit organizations. How, if any way, are you working with other nonprofit organizations to forward these campaigns? Have you partnered with other nonprofit organizations? If you are a nonprofit organization, can they you know, somehow leverage your platform to, to forward their mission? Oh yeah. We, um, we have not, we have not had the scale yet actually to partner with, we're, so we're a for-profit, um, and we, but we, we have, you know, contacts and, you know, many nonprofit organizations. We, you know, we're, as we ramp and we scale, we are going to be partnering with a variety of nonprofits because that are aligned with the mission of each campaign. Right. So, we, once we once we decide upon you know what the commitment what the change is going to be, um, we then would obviously go and seek you know nonprofits and NGOs that are whose own mission are aligned with that and they want to actually affect and see that change in that company. Um, and we've been approached by a lot of a lot of partners as well um, in the nonprofit space. And we the, working with nonprofits is actually an integral part of each one of our campaigns, both on a local level and on a on a national level. Mm-hmm. Uh, or an international level. So local level, we work with groups here in San Francisco, um, you know, on installing new bike lanes, for instance, and, um, you know, food deserts or, you know, food poverty. Um, uh, we've worked in the past with a few other groups, um, mostly local campaigns. Uh, but we try, we try to keep, especially with, because most of our campaigns in the past, um, if not all, even, I'd like, say, Pasadena with our pilot project in Unilever could be considered a local campaign, even though it was a national partner. Right. Uh, We've worked with local groups, um, you know, whether it's a, a chamber of commerce or, you know, city council, for instance. Uh, Does it usually start with the nonprofit, Alex? I mean, you know, you're talking about like associations and nonprofits and stuff like that. I mean, you know, in, in Unilever, maybe a good example of a business coming to you. But uh, do a lot of businesses, I mean, what's the what's the split between whether it's do-gooders or nonprofits or businesses that are starting these campaigns? This is my favorite thing to say. <laughs> It's not business. It's not mm-hmm. profits. It's individual community organizers, people who come together, um, uh-huh. anyone locally, local professionals um, that say, I want to organize a carrot mob, and then they reach their community. This is a true grassroots movement. We well, that's have- the trend. That's the trend, though, Alex, too, when we look at these types of movements, too, is they're bypassing institutions and organizations and going right to where the problem is and trying to solve it. Yeah, and you know, we I'm very I'm very proud to say that uh, across Carrot Mob's entire history, we've never put a dime into paid media ever mm-hmm. or paid advertising. This has grown completely organically, and we don't plan on doing that anytime soon. How many yeah. users do you have? Like, how many Carrot Mobbers are on your? Had, had around or a little bit over a hundred thousand participants, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, we have a very robust social media following as well. Um, and we have we have uh, you know spinoff sites around the world of organizers that just do it locally and say, you know, and for in France last year, we had seven carrot mobs in one day. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so this is, again, who would have thought the French, <laughs> they don't want to change Joe. anything. I'm still about it though. 
They don't want, I mean, the French don't want to change out. I mean, Alex, what was it like? You know, like more butter in the croissants, or <laughs> what was it? Maybe the wine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure, Megan, we have many French listeners. I'm so. sure we do. You've offended all two of them. <laughs> this is for me coming in here because I've, I've been I've been Caramon for about you know four and a half months now, and you know um, France, Germany. They love us. Um, you know, very popular in Western and, and Central Europe, in Southeast Asia, um, the U.S. You know, I, I'm again very proud to say this. You know, uh, a lot of companies uh, here in the states are you know very very American market centric, um, and they want to explain globally. Carrot Mob is a total global movement. Um, there is no bias in where our where our population our populace is. We are still predominantly in the states, but. Mm-hmm. Still, we ha- we are very much so a global movement, and um, you know we're approached by brands on a global level as well, saying, "Oh, we want to run a campaign in France, or we want to run a campaign in in Thailand, for instance." Right, or- which will which will event- eventually help you long term because so many of these brands are global and thinking globally. So, well, yeah. Alex, I don't I don't know about you, Joe, but I think this has absolutely been a fascinating conversation. I think it's, it's really I, you know what I'm interested in. Model. How do you say carrot mob in, in French? <laughs> you know, yeah. How do you say it in Spanish? <laughs> That'd be a long word. Oh, oh God! My see, like I, being in Canada, I'm I'm losing my French. See, the first time I said I should have taken French beyond grade nine. Damn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be funny though. Um, there, I we actually have a site. Um, there's actually a Carrot Mob France site that I can direct you to if you want to. There you uh, go, Joe. See it? Is yeah. It, and so is it La Carrot Mob? <laughs> 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 well, speaking of websites, Alex, can you tell us where people can find out more about Carrot Mob? It's, uh, in France, it's Carrot Community. That's wow. What it's, okay. Just uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, people can find out more of us. Just go to carrotmob.org. So it's uh, the word carrot and the word mob um, together. Uh, org, and you can email us uh, info at uh, carrotmob.org, and uh, you know get in touch with us. Uh, you can go online on our organizers page and anyone in the world can organize a carrot mob campaign if you're a brand um you know you can contact me um you can find my information on the site uh and if or you're a partner definitely what's get your in touch. twitter handle uh alex underscore alex gold uh so. wow that's pretty good that you got that though you think there's probably a good number of alex golds out there that's a it's pretty good that you got that with just with an underscore one of the alex gold is a very famous dj actually as well mm-hmm. um so uh, it's funny when I was in Europe, I used to get access to everywhere because people thought I was the other. <laughs> <laughs> you got to you got to work that. You're like, yeah, he's, I'm underscore he's Alex Gold. Perfect for their international operation. That's he's right. like, hey, I'm Alex Mole. I'm Alex Gold. <laughs> exactly. Door opener. Well, That's we right. will certainly put those links on our show notes. And Joe, where can people find out more about you if they want well, to uh, hear all your? Our, all our French and German listeners can find me at my blog, selfishgiving.com. <laughs> And uh, for for their enjoyment, and they can also follow me on Twitter at Joe Waters. Uh, What about you, Megan? Where can uh, our French and German listeners find you? (laughs) I am also at Megan Strand on Twitter, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF and blog for the Cause Marketing Forum at Cause Update. And you can find Cause Talk Radio on Stitcher Smart Radio as well as iTunes. We just found out that most of you are listening to us in iTunes. So if any of you are so compelled to leave us a comment or rate our show we would really really love it so if you're listening to us on itunes please just take a second and do that for us that would be awesome and on behalf of alex and joe and myself we'd like to thank
thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Cause Talk Radio. We'll see you next time.